0: The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. Today's guests are joining us to talk about strategies and ideas regarding improving the retention and satisfaction of teachers. Across the nation, dedicated teachers are leaving the classroom for a variety of reasons. If you missed our previous episode with Brett Church, sharing data from the 2022 Kansas Educator Engagement and Retention Study, you can find it on our website, Season 4, Episode 2. And in that interview, Dr. Church shares about that survey and research and the questions they asked and gives us a lot of ideas and hope for the future of education in Kansas. So guests, thank you so much for being here today. Would you please introduce yourself and explain a little bit about your role in the topic of Kansas Retention and Education Satisfaction?
1: Hey, I'm Brett Church, and um, as mentioned, I was on the previous podcast. I'm an associate professor at Emporia State University and have been connected to education pretty much my whole life in one way or another, and I'm happy to join you this
2: I can jump in as Brett's partner in crime on this initiative. Uh, Brett kind of introduced me to this research opportunity and study. Uh, I'm Luke Semmering. My background's in organizational psychology. I run my own consulting practice focused on building pre-employment assessment tools, doing leadership and development. Uh, and as far as what we'll be talking about, I've been leading the research initiative to understand the teacher experience in Kansas and how that relates to the outcomes that are important to all of us.
3: I'll jump in next. I'm Shannon Kimball. I'm a school board member. I am currently serving as the president of USD 497 Lawrence Public Schools Board of Education. I have been on my local board of education since 2011. I also have served as the uh, president and am now a past president of the Kansas Association of School Boards and in that capacity have done a lot of advocacy work um, and led the association's legislative advocacy creation work for the last, actually, three years for the association. Uh, Thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
4: Good morning. My name is Jessica Dane, and I am the proud superintendent of the Piper School District. My work in this is that we're using this information to help us not only recruit in the field, but also work on our retention strategies with the current teachers that we have, and to continue to improve our culture. So as a superintendent in Kansas, I sit not only on the state executive board with USA, but I am also a legislative I'm representative of the AASA executive board. So happy to be here and join this group today.
5: I'm Kevin Riemann. I'm the executive director of Kansas NEA. Uh, I was a 20-year uh, social studies teacher primary in, primarily in Lansing, Kansas. Uh, I I lead our Kansas NEA's efforts on recruitment and retention. We've been working on this issue for the last couple of years, and we are very willing to be equal partners with folks as we try to promote education and, and not only get people in it, but have highly qualified educators as well.
0: Oh, awesome. I'm so glad to have all of you here. Thank you. If you could do another introduction of just explaining Maybe what you have personally found most interesting in the study that was given, what kind of data, how has this impacted you in your district?
4: I think I'll jump in if that's okay. Um, this, this, the magnitude of this was much greater than I anticipated. I think first and foremost, I thought for not only recruitment and retention, it was going to be an outstanding tool. Um, I have been just shockingly happy, surprised at the way I can use it to um, improve the culture of our current school district. We used it during negotiations to talk to our negotiations team to really come to the table and realize what are the areas that we're doing well and where the areas where teachers really feel like, um, you know, they, they need some time and attention from us in ways that we hadn't thought of before. So I think there's a piece of thinking outside the box and getting that feedback from different groups of teachers that sometimes we don't reach. Um, It also has been an amazing tool for us in the professional development of our building leaders. So our administrators in the building. So it really is that voice we realized at least in our school district, the data told us how important those leaders are to the culture and the instructional improvement and performance of our teachers. And so really digging into that data at the building level with those leaders has just been crucial for us this year. So it has been a tool that I continue to come back over and over um, to work with teachers, to understand teachers better, and just overall, you know, tied to our strategic plan and how we can continue to improve. I
5: I think for me, um, when Dr. Church notified me, I... It seems like forever ago, Dr. Church, but when he when he first contacted me about doing this project, we were very excited. I was in the middle of working with a group of doing generational studies and what we need to be doing to recruit uh, folks who aren't my age, uh, frankly, how we're going to get Millennials excited in education. And so I think I think this is that first step towards being able to do that. In in our partnership, we knew that we needed to have all the folks in the school community related to this. I was frankly surprised with the resistance that was first met. But I think now that the the data is out there and people can see what the work is, I think they'll understand what Jessica just said, how great of a tool it can be for a school district. and if I think if all of us approached it in the manner that she just described, I think we'll be able to make great strides.
3: This is Shannon Kimball. I first heard about this work uh, back in April. I attended a summit uh, that Dr. Church gave at the Chance Association of School Boards. I had known that KASB was involved in the partnership uh, to get this survey done, and I was really glad to see that. But I was so excited by the information that Dr. Church shared. I came back to my district, talked to my superintendent about it, shared with my fellow board members. My district had a, a very large percentage of our cert- certified staff participate in the survey. I think we had something around 670 teachers in Lawrence Public Schools take the survey. We only had last year just shy of 900 certified staff. So I, I felt like we could really benefit from the next steps that Dr. Church had outlined in terms of partnering and looking at our district specific data, comparing that to other comparable districts, and really digging in to see where we could target our retention efforts and engagement efforts to our staff. The other piece I was really excited to hear about, and I think is going to be very powerful for my district, we have a classified staff union. I think we're maybe one of only two districts in the state that has a classified staff union. And the opportunity to work with this project and and give our classified staff a retention engagement survey, I think, will be very powerful. As a board member, my board has prioritized recruitment and retention, both as part of our strategic plan and also as a piece of pretty comprehensive financial analysis that we're doing right now we are really in a place where we are going to have to make some operational changes going forward. And so this information from this project is going to be an integral part of helping us make good decisions around around those choices.
1: This is Brett. I would just say that an interest in trying to learn more about, you know, Kevin mentioned, you know, it kind of started with me with generational differences as well. But I think that what has struck me as I've continued to move forward, even since the last podcast, is that first of all, you know, we're in Kansas and we're working and focusing on Kansas. And sometimes we don't always know outside of Kansas, what work is being done. And I think that I've been to a couple national conferences and been asked to present on this data, et cetera. And what I'm learning is that this is not just a piece where in Kansas, um, we were trying to figure this out Obviously, it's an issue nationwide, but I think the piece that surprised me is people are also completely floored by what we've done in Kansas with regards to the cooperation between the partners, which I think is what resulted in the high response rate because you had a consistent message coming out to all those groups. In addition to that, since the survey, we're seeing a lot more attention from economic development groups because they see this as being such a key part. It's an economic development issue as much as it's an education issue. And I think the other piece that we're realizing is, and this is something that Luke's really helped me with, is it I don't want to say it's frustrating, but it's it's interesting to me, I guess, that this is work and this type of work is being done and has been being done for a number of years in other industries and other professions. And sometimes in education, we don't necessarily realize that there are opportunities like this that we're not taking advantage of. And having Luke as a partner in this was able to help me better understand that there are things like this that you can do that maybe even before I didn't even realize existed.
0: I think that is a great segue into the value of the partnerships. I know you shared uh, in our previous podcast, which was back in June of 2022, that this was really integral to getting good data and having a high participation rate. I thought we'd give everybody a moment to just share what your thoughts are on that general participation by all the partners. So
5: I think this is Kevin Raymond again for, with Kansas NEA. Um, in, in my role working as a staff person for the teachers' union, Lots of us had seen this coming. People were voting with their feet. We were seeing fewer and fewer people enter education at the college level, and we were seeing more and more people getting out of education. Six or seven years ago, I did a data analysis and we had a very high percentage of Kansas teachers that were capers eligible. The, the overall numbers in Kansas, I think it was, it was over 50% of our teachers were within two or three years of being CAPERS eligible. So this bubble of the baby boomers was about ready to burst. And I think finding out, we were getting our reports from educators in the classroom of why they were leaving or why they were even not recommending their students get into education, which is sinful. But there were issues that we were dealing with that we've always had we weren't on the same page within the education community. I think just the political dynamic of Kansas over the last five or six years, what was happening with underfunding of schools, what was happening with the reaction to COVID really brought the school community together. And we realized that if we're going to save this profession, and if we value public education, the public educators must come together regardless of their role. And that was what was great about the start of the partnership when we would all get, Dr. Church would have Zooms and talk about his concepts. And there was very little dissension on what needed to happen and what course needed to, to occur. So I was pretty thankful for that.
3: From a school board leadership perspective, I would agree with everything that Kevin just said, you know, Boards of education cannot do our work successfully out tackling these issues and working in partnership with all of the interest groups in our space. And I see this as a positive extension of, I think, some working relationships that my organization, KASB, I have watched our board and our staff try to work very hard to develop and maintain good relationships with KNEA, with USA, other education groups, because we all ultimately have the same desire. We want our public schools to be excellent. We want our students to be successful. We want our staff um, to feel supported. And, you know, being able to work on those issues where we have those shared values is really, really important. So I see this as a natural next step in those relationships, along with There's just a confluence of things going on in this space that now is the time that we really all have to step forward and and demand that these issues get attention and be resolved. I know in my advocacy role for my local board, I've been saying for years there's a cliff coming. There's a cliff coming, and we have to be more vocal about it and be doing what we can to avoid falling over the cliff. I'm really excited that. We're all talking about this issue together at this point in time.
4: This is Jessica. And and I would say to tie into both what Kevin and Shannon shared, you know, this really was a vehicle to give us a common language and a common tool for us to all be having these important conversations at a more global level and then bring it back down to a district level and move kind of back and forth between that. I would say the other piece of this, and, and Kevin kind of talked about this, was, you know, it's a really emotional time right now in the field of education. People are discouraged. We're we're very concerned about the future of having, you know, really high-level professionals who are dedicated, who are going to give to the profession long-term versus, you know, feeling the burnout in three to five years, and so I think for me the data in this takes the emotion out of it and it allows the different interest groups to come to the table without emotion but with the data because the data is the data right it's not biased in any way it's the voice it speaks and it allows all of us to who at times maybe are representing different interest groups to come together and then to kevin's point have the large focus on the profession and getting the best teachers we can. So I think it's been a vehicle that really allows us to communicate at a level to really get some good things done for kids.
2: Yeah, I would just add to that, as someone who's maybe someone outside the education industry, I think the timing was perfect. (laughs) There's a lot, even the term, the great resignation has been going on with Clients in the private industry, too, where people are reevaluating what's important to them, but more so in education, I would say, like a lot of transition. And and Shannon was speaking to this as well, just and looking back at research that has been conducted in this space, when you look at retention in the state of Kansas or nationally, it never takes it down to that district level. And that's been something that's been energizing and interesting to look at. District to district, there are different drivers of (laughs) what's important to their experience. What are the positive aspects? What are aspects that might be detrimental to retaining them? And really, that one size fits all just doesn't work as well when it comes to research. And so that's been, like I said, just an interesting time to dig in deeper and help individual districts understand what they can prioritize.
1: This is Brad. I think that's one of the things that was a lesson that I learned as well, which is that the different, the importance of the different levels of data. So, you know, when you're looking at the state data, you know, we're really trying with that to encourage policy decisions, you know, pieces at the state level through KSDE or through other, you know, large groups that look at the state as a whole. As we get to individual district levels, I don't know that, you know, of course, the first time we did this, we didn't know how much variance there might be between the state drivers and the and the district drivers, but there's a lot. And what we find is working with districts, you know, people have taken this data and they want it to be actionable and they want to use it strategically. And so sometimes they're already preparing to make investments in areas that are on that state data. And then they find out, wait a second. While it's at the state as a driver, it's not a driver at our district level. We need to shift to those areas so that we have the greatest impact. The other piece that I think is interesting is, you know, we have here the teachers who are obviously focusing on to take the survey and to to partner with when in negotiations. The Board of Education came out as a major factor with regards to engagement and retention statewide. So board members are extremely important. All five areas that we asked about the principal were driver were significant drivers of engagement as well. So you know we have the partnership because we know these groups need to be together. But the data also shows the importance of each group that's at the table and allows us then to really um, engage and show that you you may think you have an impact, but let us reinforce the impact that you actually have with data. And as Jessica said you know, taking away that emotion and saying, hey, this is the role that you're having or the impact that you're having. And that can be in a positive way. It can be in a negative way, but there's going to be an impact one way or another.
3: If I could add on, this is Shannon, if I could add on to what Brett just said about the data is the data. I think it's really important for districts. I certainly see it in my district to have there be some separation between the people collecting the data and asking the questions and the people who are trying to use the data and make decisions around it. You know, I mentioned that my district had a very high participation rate from our certified staff in this survey, which was fantastic. The same same year we gave a stay survey and we only had 86 staff members respond to it. And that that was something that was generated by our staff in our district. And we were asking some similar questions. Our staff clearly see this process as credible and reliable and something that they wanted to participate in. And I think that that means we all will get the benefit of better information to make better decisions.
5: The other, this is Kevin again, the, the, the other piece that is, is really important with this is it, it allows this tool to allow us to be more proactive and talk about things that we haven't ever talked about. If, if you look at the structure of a school and you look at what. Uh, employee employee satisfaction or the employee's ability to have the tools they need to do to get their job done. The only Avenue we've had prior to something like this was at the bargaining table. And the people that typically are at the bargaining table are our experienced teachers that have that have been in the school district for a while and either the Board of Education or administrators, and even though we do a lot of surveys about what do you want in your contract or what do you want your working conditions to be like, um, just as Shannon said, it's sometimes it's it's very difficult to get that input. Here we have a case of large amounts of teachers across the generations who are providing data that the local association or school administration can't deny because it's there; it was done very scientifically and it's caused a lot of other conversations to occur um as a predictor in the future like prior to this survey being done in a lot of the conversations I've had with education leaders across the state there wasn't a whole lot of conversation about what are we going to do with the next cliff which is in, in in my view the the tier three level of capers retirement now I've had at least a conversation every week with school leaders and even businesses talking about what can we do to shore up that tier three retirement piece, or else we'll have another mass resignation at some point when people realize that it's not the retirement that was once lauded in Kansas as being one of the better retirement systems. So this is really, I think, just a catalyst for those
1: conversations. I, I think Kevin's right in the sense that, you know, they're all of, you know, we hope that the work that we're doing is the beginning of conversations and a multiplier of conversations, not not to be the end of the conversation. And we see this as a long-term project that our goal is to continue to focus on. I think that one of the things, and, and I'll let Luke speak to this in a little more detail um, because he definitely understands this better than I do. But having been someone who worked in districts for a long time, we were always focusing on, you know, yes, we would report to our board, what's our retention rate, right? We had this many people leave this year, we had this many people, how many positions we filled, you know, here's our percentage, etc. But we knew sometimes, um, I remember once having a great employee who um, uh, met someone and, and said they want you know decided to move to Texas to get married and, and to start their life there. They loved their job, but the fact of the matter was there was a personal situation that they wanted to pursue. And when we would report that to a board, that looks like somebody we lost when the truth of the matter was, it really wasn't because of their, their satisfaction with the job. And what Luke helped me to understand was this concept of engagement, which is really what we wanna focus on because if we can keep teachers or any employee for that matter engaged, then if we can keep them, we're going to have a lot better chance to keep them. And it kind of is that that focus that has really changed my perspective on where that energy needs to be put. This is Jessica.
4: One of the things that um, Dr. Church helped me see the importance of this is not just having the view of the personal point about like what's going on in my district, but rather in the profession. And so if we can keep a really great teacher in the profession who maybe does need to move from the Kansas City area to Emporia or to Wichita because of life happens, we can celebrate that, right? It's so it's also at that that level of our profession, because as Shannon said, we're gonna hit a cliff. And it's not just in my district or the district next door. It is the profession. We want people to continue to say this is the best education. Um, It's a great way to make a living and may, hey, maybe whether it's personal, professional, maybe the fit wasn't right here, but maybe try, you know, try it again or find the place that it does because you're a great teacher and we need to keep you in the profession. So, again, I think it helps us move from that personal view to more of that global view of, of celebrating the profession, which was a great reminder for me as an employer who can get competitive about well why did we lose them and what is that other district doing and rather you know seeing hey let's celebrate that this person is staying in education because some of them are leaving and they're not so I think that was a, it was a good
0: reminder for me in looking at that data sadly we are out of time for this episode but wait there's more These professionals have so much to share about the exact strategies that they've implemented based on the data that they've gathered and observed from this survey. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and will subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. This podcast has been brought to you by the Teachers College at Emporia State University featuring talks with experts and educators, addressing topics that can help you as an educator, a parent, and a person. We release new episodes every other Wednesday. You can get more information provided by our guests on our website, www.emporia.edu hwtt. We would appreciate it if you could help us spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us and share on Twitter with at hwtt_esu. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for How We Teach This. If you would like to be a guest on our show or are willing to give us some feedback, please send us an email at hwtt@emporia.edu. I'm Christy Dugan, the executive producer. You've been listening to How We Teach This. Thank you.